Hello everybody and welcome to this week's official Everton podcast. I'm joined by Ian Snowden and also by John Doolan, our under-23 recruitment officer. John, just put a bit of flesh on the bones with regards to that role. What does what does that entail? Uh, basically, my role is going around the northwest and also going around Europe looking for the best uh, 18 up to 23-year-olds, really. Competition must be fierce. Uh, massively, yeah. Uh, every, uh, every Premier League club... <laughs> Wherever you go, I've got a representation at the at the games. Also, uh, most of your top teams in Europe will have someone there as well. So every game that you go to abroad and in England, will uh, always have a good representation of the best teams in in Europe. It's not, so there's nothing more important at any level of the game for a Premier League football club than recruitment. If you haven't got the right players, you can't get the job done. Yeah, it's so important. Uh, it's changed since the day days that I played in. Uh, there were nothing as recruitment, they were just a chief scout mm. who went about, he had a few scouts looking around, because uh, it was more just in the country then, in England, Scotland, Wales etc, but uh, no, it's football's global now, it's worldwide and uh, yeah, it's great, uh, I've known John since he was 16 year old, 15 year old and uh, it's a great opportunity for him, great job. I know he enjoyed his coaching role but uh, I believe John that he's enjoying this far, far more. Yeah, it's a, it's a different challenge altogether. Uh, as you say, I, I love the coaching, but I just felt now it was a, a, diff, a good stage in my my career just to, to move on and, and to do something else. How did it uh, come about? Did, were, it, were it Unzi that influenced yeah, you? Yeah, uh, just a couple of times last year I was I was doing little bits for, for Jamie, who was who was uh, Unzi's chief scout, uh, and I was just going doing a couple of trips in Europe for him. Uh, Jamie liked the reports that I'd come back with and uh, so on and just really went from there then I started watching a few games in England and then a position come up they asked me if I wanted it uh, I had a little little time to think over the summer which was which was good really because it was not rushed. it gave me a good chance to, to sit back look at everything and uh, it was a decision that I thought right going forward this, this is something that I like doing I want to do and maybe make a good career out of it. John, uh, just one minute, Daz, uh, and did you discuss this with your wife, Lisa? Because I know she does wear the trousers in your relationship, <laughs> and uh, is it something that... Uh, it's takes <laughs> two minutes to get that one in. I had to. I had to. I, I've, I've known John and Lisa for, for years and years, and uh, honestly, she does wear the trousers, so I just wanted to run it by him that she she agreed to the job role. Yeah, I, think, I think she was more than happy for me to take this role. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I don't have to wear any skirts in this so <laughs> <laughs> no it's not too bad do you get a real buzz from watching a game you've gone to see a player and you think wow he has got what it takes yeah massively uh, so you, sometimes you'll be you'll you'll go week in and week out and something you won't see anything and then sometimes you'll go and you'll see someone and, and you'll go wow I'm having that And but, but then there's 10 other scouts that, mm. that are at the game and they see that wow and they, they think the same thing so the competition's massive, but you 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 do get uh, you do get wowed every now and again. It's not every week, but it's every now and again, and, and most of the time it is these. Uh, there's a few young players that wow you as as much as we can all see the house the household names that mm. that wow you. But some of these kids, the uh, they're very good at doing it sometimes. And, and with young players, you've just got to you've got to be patient with them because one week they'll wow you, the next the next week mm. they'll disappoint you. And you're going to get that with them. They're not their consistency levels are not anywhere near the the lads who are at the top, and that's why the they are where they are. But 
the, uh, there's certainly enough talent out there, and not just in England or all around Europe. Who scouted you, Snods? No, it was quite, it, it, yeah, it was quite funny because my brother Glyn, obviously, uh, he's, he's well known as well in the football circles. He were already at Doncaster. Uh, he's three years older than me, and he were basically on the fringe and playing the odd game for the first team at 17. I was 14 at the time, and he just approached the the manager. Uh, of, of so it was nepotism then. And he just says, he said, <laughs> "Can my brother come in and uh, train in school, uh, in school uh, school holidays, basically?" So uh, I just went down in school holidays and trained with the uh, with the schoolboys and trained with the reserves, uh, even at fourteen and fifteen, because they were just basically the youth team, the reserves, and the first team. So uh, I just went down in the school holidays and uh, must have impressed them. And then when I got to sixteen, they just asked me to sign apprenticeship forms. Would make your job a lot easier, John, wouldn't it? If all they had to do was speak to the players and say, "Bring your little brother, and we'll give him, we'll let him have a go." It'd be it'd be great if it was uh, if it was like that now, but uh, sometimes it still happens, that mm. doesn't it? Sometimes mm. you, you still see that happening. Uh, not very often, but you sometimes see see mums and dads who bring the kids to football, and the little brother will be kicking a ball along <laughs> alongside the pitch, and someone will go. He can do a bit, can mm-hmm. he? Yeah. And and he come in well, especially Martin Waldron, who's who's here. He's brilliant at that. Yeah. Yeah. He uh, half of the time you see Martin, and he's he's looking at the little brothers who's, <laughs> who's pl- having a kick about rather than the game. So, uh, so yeah, I think it's. Uh, I, I wouldn't say it's as, it happens as much now, but mm. uh, I still think a little bit of that goes on. Like as Snod said, sometimes the the best players always get in, don't they? So. Snod remembers you from your Everton days, but. Another football club that links you both, of course, is Doncaster Rovers, John. Yeah, uh, I've, well, I moved to Donny in, I think it was 2002, uh, and I was nearly moving there a few years before when Snodds was manager. Uh, I was playing in Barnet at the time, and uh, we were doing quite well. We were top of the League One, I think, at the time, and he just got the job to take over, and I was nearly coming, he offered me well, he had the money he offered me was ten times as good as what I was on at the time at at, uh, at Barney, but it, it was the Lord of League football that that kept me where I was really. Uh, Donny went on league at the time. Yeah, they'd gone down when I got the job, Daz, and uh, yeah, my my job was to get Doncaster back into football league. I knew what he was all about. I knew him as a person. I knew how he could play, and he was one of the first I wanted. Uh, but. He said I offered him a lot of money. His wage demands were unbelievable, to be honest. <laughs> what he wanted, honestly, a car, a house, and uh, I, I just, I, honestly, I went to the chairman about four times, and he called, said, "What? Who is this boy, Pelly?" Uh, but no, he, he was the kind of Belly, player. I think. He was the <laughs> no, he was the kind of player that I wanted. Uh, he, he was a right back when I knew him as a as a kid uh, growing up, but. Uh, then obviously I watched him uh, for Barnet, Mansfield, etc. Playing in midfield, and I just wanted to. I don't like telling him while he's here, but <laughs> I did. I did want him. I, he wanted, I wanted him to be one of my first uh, buys. We often speak you and I snows about young players that get released, but bounce back mm. and have a really, really good professional football career. And, and John was one of them. Without a doubt, uh, there was a couple of uh, good kids that played in the same team as John when uh, when I was a pro here. And uh, honest lads, um, Jim Barron had them as, as a youth team, and uh, yeah, they had the odd rollicking, but not that many because they knew what the game was all about. There were plenty of scouts in the team as well, so uh, you know, it's great when it just shows characters of, of young lads. Some can just fall out of the game dead easily, 
but the ones I like, etc., like him, that go down, play low, lower league football, make a great living out of it, make a name for himself, and uh, he certainly did that. And he gets classed in the all-time greats, Doncaster Rovers book. Uh, the the great Alec Jeffrey uh, was number one, and you totally, Doncaster legend. Yeah, you totally accept that. I am to be number two uh, behind <laughs> Alec Jeffrey, which was a great privilege. What number were you, John? I was three. <laughs> <laughs> it was great. Honestly, I, I opened the book and I just rang him straight away and said, you're number three, son. <laughs> <laughs> Still some achievement, though, to be fair, to be in the top three. The yeah. club like Doncaster yeah, that's been around that. for a while. Oh, yeah, it was a, it was a, it was a great mm-hmm. great accolade to have, especially with the, the likes of Alec Jeffrey. He was, yeah. a, mm-hmm. he was a legend there. and How he got second before me, I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> uh, he knows a lot of people in Doncaster, <laughs> yeah. don't forget. Well, I, th- I think he does, yeah. A little bit more influence than me. But John, you and I were at Field Mill recently for the Mansfield-Everton game in the Checker Trade Trophy, and obviously that was your first professional club after you left Everton. And Nicely, there was a lot of people that recognised you down there, mm. but it was a nice setup at Field Mill. And you said to me, it wasn't always like this, Daz. It must have been a real culture shock for you when you first went there and a real test of character. Oh, it was, it was massive when from coming from the biggest football club in the in the country at the time mm. uh, to drop down to like well, when I signed, I didn't know they were in the third division. I'd never heard of Mansfield. It was Colin Harvey that had, had took me there. He, it was like, right, do you want to come? And I, I had no hesitations in saying yeah. It was just right. I wanted to play football, so I went. And uh, when I got down there, whoa, culture shock was mm-hmm. was the was the word. I remember my first day. I was training, and they give me kit and stuff like that. And I finished training. There was a couple of old pros there at the time: Steve Parkin and Lee Howarth. And uh, they were getting changed on the bench. They were standing up on the bench and uh, getting dried. So I emptied all my kit, threw it in the middle, and the two of them just started laughing. <laughs> oh. Right, what are you laughing at? He went, you better pick up, you better pick that up. He said, no one will be cleaning that for you. <laughs> <laughs> so that was that. That was a uh, that was a little bit of a start. So I had I was living in digs at the time. I had no washing machine. So Steve Parkin took me kit home for me for a month, and uh, and his mum or his wife washed me kit for me. So see, that was that's where I differ from that. I'd been brought up at that level. Yeah. Uh, whereas John started his career as apprentice at Evan and seen all the how you were looked after. I started at Donny, so I knew what that was. So when I came to Everton, and then I went back down uh, levels again, I ended up playing my last years at at Scarborough. I knew what to expect, so it weren't a culture shock to me, but the lads who are here now, even even the boys here now, how well they get looked after, how well they get fed. If they have to go out on loan or they get released, hopefully not, but they get released from Everton Football Club, and they have to go down to the lower leagues, it's how they handle it. Yeah. Mm. How they handle it and how they bounce back. That's. I think. I think sometimes I, I don't think they, they're actually prepared for it. I think no. the, the mm. difference was with with me. We we were prepared for that because we had good fellas in the changing room. We had good lads at Everton who, when you played in the reserves, they helped you through the game. They didn't. They didn't do it for themselves. They helped you. So the older pros that you'd be playing with actually helped the younger lads. That was that was one of the the big take homes that I always remember when I was in the reserves and I remember always always putting it hundred and ten percent in because I knew how much them kids needed that help. Mm. I don't think we I don't think they get that anymore. I think lads go into dressing rooms, lower leagues and stuff like that. And I think it's every man for himself now. Really? Them kids find it hard because they're they're a little bit isolated. Yeah. And I don't think they get the help from the older pros that that 
that it used to mm. it used to happen with us. It was uh, which is a shame, not. Yeah, I, I used to enjoy that. Does you didn't used to enjoy playing in reserves? Thankfully, I didn't get dropped much at Evan, but it, due to injuries, I were always either playing with. The, I, I'd want to play with the A team on a Saturday mm-hmm. morning um, if I'd been injured, and I, I used to ask. I said, "Can I have a game with the A team?" And like Jim Barron or Colin Harvey at the time, we were coaching. I said, "Are you sure?" I said, "Yeah, I want to play." But I went out there and not only look after my own performance, but look after them kids coming through as yeah. well. Because I knew when I was a young kid growing up in at Doncaster, and I were playing in a tough in a tough reserve league, and the players that came down helped me. Mm. So I thought, Massively. yeah. So I, yeah. I wanted to help them kids that were young kids playing with me in the A team or the reserves. I, I wanted to help them and hopefully help them. Mm. Develop as a player, learn to the position, tuck them round, pull in, stay there, etc. There's nothing better than than talking to a young, a young, inexperienced lad and tell him to come here because he learns. Mm. Yeah, and 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 good players, good young lads, listen to good advice. Yeah. And I think as well, John's in a position starts where he can pass on advice to young players from every level of the game because well, he came through the ranks at Everton. Yeah, with the when the likes of yourself and Graham Sharp were at mm. the football club, and then had a good career at, at lower league level. Then came back to Everton and coached his way through. So, if anyone's going to pass on advice, it's the likes. Well, of I, well I, I just hope that all young kids coming through the ranks will will look will listen to good advice from. We've got members of staff here that have played for Everton that are Everton through and through likes of him, likes of Unzi, John Ebro uh, Franny Jeffers, so I would like to think that they'll listen to players that have done it at every level and take a little bit of information uh, from every one of them and, and build up and, and listen to it I, I, hear, all, I hear all these these uh, these sayings banded about mentors and stuff like that right? Not about being a mentor, no. or it's about being a good person and knowing, mm. and giving the right information and giving the mm. right advice. You, you hear it all getting banded about. Oh, he's a mentor to him and all that. No, he's not. He's mm. just giving him good advice. Yeah. And if you've got someone like the position that we're in, where we've played, we've actually we've been in the mix. We've been in games when it's been tough, and we've we've come out the other end. We'll wait, we we can pass in. We can pass on. Sorry, the right advice to them kids. Mm. When someone's saying, nah, you need to drop off here and stuff like that, and giving them the wrong advice, and we're saying, nah, you need to get stuck in, you need to yeah. put your head in there, or you need to do this and you need to do that, I think it, it just carries a little bit more weight when it's coming from from someone who's actually been there, done it, and mm. seen it. The kids do come to us. They do, mm. The kids do come to us a lot when 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 things are not going their way. They sit down with you, and, and, and it won't be a formal chat where they, they say, can I have five minutes with you? They'll sit there and they'll just drop little bits in, and then you just drop it back. And it's, mm. I think it works for them better that way. Communication skills, isn't it? Massively, massively. It's just being a good person, I think, at times. When you were at Everton as an apprentice, did mm. Snods look after you every Christmas? Uh, no, he was the biggest minge bag because he was from the <laughs> Yorkshire that you've ever seen in your life. Uh, he actually didn't pay me, he ruined me. Yeah, uh, he, he did actually. He used to, uh, in them days, we used to go out. Uh, and have a few pints on a Saturday and stuff like that and we'd always meet up and uh, you never had to put your hand in your pocket to be fair with him and Sharpie and Times are changing. The, uh, they used to pay, there was me and Neil Moore, Billy Kenny, uh, there was a few of us that used to go out and Snods and Sharpie and that, they'd always look after us, they'd always put their hand in the pocket so uh, I was his apprentice by the way, I, used, was, to, I yeah. used to clean his boots. Let me tell you dad, let him stop there because he was hopeless at that, seriously. I used to complain every day. I used to shout, Doolan, where are you? My boots were a disgrace, I swear. I ended up throwing my boots at him 
No, he launched them at me every day. Get them cleaned. So I used to throw them at But he got his own back. How many years later? Must have been about 15 years later. This little fresh-faced kid comes in, Donny. Like oh, I'm your apprentice. I went, oh, nice to meet you. So what's your name? He went, Ian Snowden. <laughs> I went, no way. <laughs> I went, the car be two in it. I went, you're not young, Ian, are you? He went, yeah, I am. I went, oh, my God, someone up there is looking after me. <laughs> so I bounced boots off his head every day for two years. Like he used he to did. tell me, he said, I've got my own back. He said, your son's getting these, my boots launched at his head like you used to oh, do. Can I, can I just say something as well, right? He actually, we, we thought like it was a... Uh, it was old school then, where you just let your kid deal with it and that. He only comes down on the bounce to me the next day. <laughs> Dropped him off in the car, don't you be treating him like that. I went, oh, it's changed now, hasn't it? What goes around comes oh, around. Oh, it was brilliant. I couldn't, I couldn't believe me luck when he came in. The football, Little fresh-faced 15-year-old, it was brilliant. The football world is a village. It's been an absolute pleasure. It's been a blast speaking to Ian Snowden and John Doolan. This has been the official Everton podcast for the official Everton members. Hope you've enjoyed it. 